Hello, and welcome to Sherlock, from Adler to Amberley. An attempt to analyse all 56 of the Sherlock Holmes short stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. In order. Starting with the first story, A Scandal in Bohemia, featuring the celebrated adventuress Irene Adler, and finishing with the final story of the casebook of Sherlock Holmes, The Retired Cullerman, where Holmes and Watson accept the case from Mr Josiah Amberley. Hence, from Adler to Amberley. My name is Carl Kopak, and I'll be presenting this irregular series along with a special guest as we attempt to assess the value of each tale of the canon. My guest this week is Luke Coons. Luke is a London-based crime writer and has written a number of historical crime fiction novels, comic books and short stories, including The Scarlet Thread of Murder and The Horror of Frankenstein featuring Sherlock Holmes. Luke received his MA in creative writing from Kingston University, where he's also run undergraduate creative writing workshops. Luke is also a member of, well, many things. He's a member of the Crime Writers Association, Society of Authors, and an Associate Fellow of the Higher Educational Academy. Luke currently is working on a PhD in crime fiction at Kingston University. The Boscombe Valley mystery, then. Holmes and Watson are called down to Herefordshire um, by Inspector Lestrade after a local man, um, Charles McCarthy, has been killed um, in the Boscombe Pool Valley. Uh, Holmes and Watson are called down because a local man, his, um, basically there's four people involved in this. There is, uh, the, the murdered man, Charles McCarthy, his neighbour, John Turner, his daughter, Alice, and, uh, McCarthy's daughter, uh, son, James. James is suspected of killing his old man because he was last seen, um, in the wood, in a little clearing in the wood, arguing with his father. Uh, and he was seen by uh, a lady called Patience Moran, who's the daughter of the lodgekeeper, who said that she saw James McCarthy running out um, very, very sort of agitated after a uh, big fight with his dad. Later on, while they're on the train, Holmes and Watson, and by the way, Holmes is wearing a deer stalker for the first and only time. Um, this is the one. Um, James says uh, that at the witnesses, um, sorry, at the assizes, that um, he actually went in to hunt and he heard his dad call cooey, uh, although he didn't know what that meant. And he later saw, uh, heard a reference to a rat, which he couldn't understand. Um, he is obviously arrested and no one believes him that he's innocent apart from Alice, who he is linked with, but not necessarily romantically. That's sort of hinted at more than anything else. Alice meets up with Holmes and, uh, and basically goes through the case and Sherlock thinks he's innocent too, just because everybody else, including Lestrade, thinks that he's, um, he's definitely 100% guilty. Um, <laughs> Holmes rather famously says he's not the brightest, but he's comely to look at, which I really, really like. Ultimately, Holmes goes back to the murder site and he, he finds uh, the traces of a third man so that he definitely thinks that uh, James McCarthy is not the murderer um, and that he's left-handed because Charles was struck on the left side of the, the head from behind the stranger also has a limp and smokes cigars and the Cooey reference points to Australia now John McCarthy uh, and Turner Senior were uh, in Australia together so just as he's worked out what happens John Turner goes to Holmes and confesses all. John Turner's not very well at all, and he's really, really not well. Um, and he's, well, he's definitely dying. And he explains that he'd been basically blackmailed for years and was living on, on his, uh, on his own land, um, uh, rent free. Uh, the, the rat reference is uh, the last syllable of Ballarat, which is a place in Australia. Holmes ultimately decides to sort of let him go more than anything else. And, uh, only on the premise that James is released, which of course he is. And John Turner dies seven months after this meeting. That's the Boscombe Valley mystery. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Um, I've just read your bio there. And, um, one thing that really, really stri strikes home with me is how many societies are you a member of and how do you find the time? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'm in quite a few. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's the Sherlock Holmes Society. Crime Writers Association, Society of Authors. Uh, those are the main ones that are coming to my mind at the moment. Um, I mean, some of them, I, you know, you, you, you devote 
some some time more to the others than than to than yeah. some of the others. But uh, the main one, the main two that I kind of give my attention to is is uh, the, the Sherlock Holmes Society gets the first bunch of attention, and then Crime Writers Association gets the next the next you know bunch of attention after that. Um, and then others just kind of come and come and go when I when I have the time. Okay, yeah, we've got a very so this podcast is um, stems from uh, my, my friends on the the Jack the Ripper um, people. So this is actually hosted by Rippercast, uh, yes. who, who who leads. So you know, I'm a, we're, we're all members of the Whitechapel Society here, and, and right. what have you. There's there's plenty of things like that. Um, you mentioned the the um, uh, the Sherlock Holmes Society of London. Mm. For some reason, I'm not a member, and I don't know <gasps> why, because I'm an obsessive, and I live in London. <laughs> um, I really should sort that out because I, I remember I got the paperwork years ago, and for some reason I just thought I'll, I'll do that next week or something, and that's yeah. never got round to it. Oh, you should! It's 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 really fun. Not to not to shamelessly plug it, but I mean, no, no, mem- please do. The members <laughs> are all me. over. Yeah, the members are all over the world, so it's it's quite cool. Way you know, not, you don't have to be necessarily in London to be in it. Um, we get people from you know America. Canada, Japan, India, all over, um, and they'll come for certain events that we have throughout the year. Everyone from just all over will, will gather. We have a really cool big event that always happens in January where we try and bring in an interesting speaker, and we normally have a big dinner at the House of Commons, and this year we had Val McDermott come and speak. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's quite cool, um, and it's a really nice, it's a really nice community of, of, of Sherlock Holmes fans, huge range of age and you know you know people it's it's really it's really good i re- highly recommend joining because yeah we do all kinds of stuff throughout the year and i think uh, people seem to like it well what, what since the 1950s well well the, the um the, the, one of the reasons that i'd quite like to join those sort of things is so basically so people can get my sort of sherlock references occasionally which, of course, <laughs> does, which doesn't happen in real life <laughs> um, that happens, and of course, famously, um, the Sherlock Holmes Society is responsible partly for Stephen Fry being expelled from school at the age of fifteen. I don't know if that, you know that. That seems to ring a bell, but I can't remember the story. Yeah, in 1971, he was um, uh, he was allowed to go to um, London to attend the meeting. He, he was the youngest member at that point, and. Um, because in 1971, the, the Godfather had come out, Clockwork Orange and Cabaret. Yeah. And he basically just spent, instead of spending one night in London, he spent three. <laughs> and, uh, and he went back to school and he was uh, rusticated initially. And then um, and, and then finally he was released. So, that, so yeah, there's a little bit of a, uh, there's a little bit of an entree to that sort of world there as well. So, OK, well, this, this is something I'll do. I'm, I'm going to finally, finally join the Sherlock Holmes Society of London. If, they, if they'll have me, of course. Of course we'll have you. We'll have Excellent. anyone. That, that okay. a, that, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> and that's not, that's not just to get guests for future guests for the show. But that's live admin. We'll leave that for the time being. Um, let's move on then to the Boscombe Valley mystery. The first yes. questions are pretty obvious. Oh, actually, no, before we do that, can um, let's go back even further. As to the question I ask every guest, um, when did you start to read the Sherlock Holmes stories? What, what did, uh, what, how, where did all it begin? Where did it begin for you? My yeah, my kind of history with Holmes is a little um, little little scattered. I when I was a kid, I, mean, I think everyone sort of finds home as a, Holmes as a kid. I I started I somehow for some reason had an interest in wanting to read some of the stories um, at a very young age. Uh, must have been probably around seven seven wow. to nine somewhere in that range. Um, and it probably stemmed from watching Star Trek. And catching a reference to Sherlock Holmes from Spock, um, so I, I started to read them a little bit as a kid, but didn't really take to them um, for some reason. Uh, and then, and then a, a really silly cartoon got me hooked, which was Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Um, and I don't know if you ever remember that particular cartoon that came out in. Early two thousands, late. late, late. I, I I don't, but this is a theme. We we had uh, uh, we've had a few guests who said they really got to Sherlock Holmes because of something called the Great uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Great Mouse Mystery or something. Basil the, and the, and the oh, the, the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah, yeah. That's a Classic, uh, classic. It's a Disney film with the uh, yeah Basil. Basil yeah, that, 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 that's done more than Basil Rathbone on this podcast. I think to get people into Sherlock Holmes, that's, that yeah. seems to have done a lot a great deal of work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that that film that is a really good film. It's, it's I'm I'm assuming yeah that that one that one is a good one. That is that is another way that, that kind of drug, 
drags people into Sherlock Holmes. But no, this was this really bizarre uh, series that Sherlock Holmes is, is put into uh, some sort of stasis, some sort of honeycomb <laughs> honeycomb like stasis pod and then wakes up in the 22nd century and has a uh, a robot named Watson that has all of Watson's memories. Oh, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Lestrade's like great, 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 great granddaughter is uh, is who he's kind of working with with the new Scotland Yard, and it's just bizarre. But all the stories are kind of like takes on original canonical stories. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but yes, it was it was all built in this sort of science sci-fi futuristic uh, Blade Runner like world. Um, and yeah, I, that was that kind of that got me rehooked to get back into the books and uh, kind of go go from there, really, to the, the very bizarre cartoon. We, we all start from very, very different and strange places, <laughs> yes. I suppose. Um, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, to, to, to today's story, then the Boston Valley mystery. Mm. First question for you is really is it's, it's, a, it's, it's a big one. Did you like it? Do you like I, it? I love the Boston Valley. Uh, I'm so pleased I, you do. Yeah, it's it's one of, it's definitely one of my favorites of the short stories. It's complete, I think. That that's the mm-hmm. first thing that always co- comes to me. It, it's it's because with the other, this is story four, and I'm yeah. trying we're, we're trying to cover them all in a sort of order of you know. So there's going to be lots of this is the first time when that yeah. sort of discussion. But this this one, um, as I say, it just seems complete. I mean, Sherlock's at his best. Watson is a bit more Watson than usual. That he's yes. been in the other ones, um, and I'm not saying it's it's tail it's it's written with sort of everything's like you know tied up nicely at the end, but there's a lot of firsts and the first main the, the big first one is it's story number four. We've actually got a murder. Yes, there's a murder in this one, and um, although I love the fact that Holmes initially um, refuses to see it as a murder until he's arrived, <laughs> which, I, which I really like. No, I deny everything. <laughs> Oh, yes. I've, seen, I've seen it at the time and um, it's also the uh, saying that there's first in it, it there's also um, the return of um, well we start off with Mary Watson yes or, or Mary Morstan as she is at this point and um, obviously we've met her in a study in Scarlet and the Strade or the Strad um, is, uh, is back in this one as well from that one I like the fact he's described as a, a ferrety rat like looking man or something yes. similar but yeah um, but the big one is uh, also another one. The big one is it's not in London. Yeah, no. Whereas the others, the others have been. It kind of follows that uh, that that golden age, that classic golden age trope of of countryside countryside murder. Yeah, let, let's let's move them out into a different setting where uh, um, uh, Boscombe is not is not in Boscombe and Dorset. As I no. thought for many a year, it's in Herefordshire. Yeah. So they've uh, they've they've pushed them along as far as possible. And it's obviously it's a train story. There's no two two one B in this story either. Um, but but let's go back to um, to, to Mary uh, Mary Watson as she is yeah. at this point. And what I thought was struck me as really really interesting in this is at this point Conan Doyle still likes her. Yes. Because obviously she becomes a bit of a pain. <laughs> <later No>. on. <laughs> Or he just can't remember what he's doing with her. <laughs> well, yeah, there's lots of. Um, I mean, I've, how many times does she go and visit her sister? Yes. Or, uh, or uh, she's she's on a visit to an aunt. Or, yes. You know, she's she's in Yorkshire or something, or, or anything like that. But at this point, because or she's she also just disappears in, entirely. Oh yeah, just just not mentioned. It doesn't seem to mind that John's gone on <laughs> off for three nights. Yeah. And appears to have moved back into two two one B. Do 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 you like the um? Well, I was going to say, what, what's an interesting thing for me is, although he kills off Mary in mm. the empty house, spoiler everyone, mm. um, he he manages to get Holmes married again later uh, on in the canon. Mean, yeah, yes. Sorry, sorry, Watson, he gets Watson married again. So we obviously quite like the idea of him, a, a woman being involved because John's the, you know, the, what, the ladies' man when, of course, Holmes really, really isn't. Yes. Yeah. But um, do, do you think it's important that Watson is... Is, is, do you think it's because he's paint, he's got to be painted so differently to, to Holmes at that point, in terms of more humane? I I I don't think Conan Doyle gave it that much thought. Um, I I think it's just him kind of riding on a. I think it's just kind of him riding on a whim on some of this stuff when it comes to the the, the women in Watson's life. Um, 
but also the, the you know the the to me the the Sherlock Holmes stories they're not really they're not really biographies about either of their lives their their personal lives are uh, the knowledge that we have about them is 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 very very limited in the grand scheme of things. It's always about in classic in typical golden age fashion. It's, it's really just about the 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 case. Um, yeah. Little 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 seasonings of of what their life is like outside of that. So for him, I'm assuming he's probably thinking, oh sure, Watson could have been could be remarried by now. Uh, we'll just we'll just say he's got a new wife. Um, you know, so I'm yeah. I'm not sure if he's doing it to be a, a kind of a juxtaposition to to Holmes because I think that's already so clearly done in these early stories. Yeah, um, literally, literally, as Neil said, it's from minute one. Yeah, it, it, it just says like you know, these are very very different people, but because of the, the the way they act and their manners and what have you, even even though Holmes is abrupt, these yeah. two get on. There is a yeah. definite fondness here. Plus, Watson, I mean, falls head over heels for every single woman that he ever sees ever. Um, so the, the fact that he, you know, has a wife and she dies and then gets a new one. I mean, it kind of, it just makes sense with his character because he's clearly a, he's, he seems to be a bit of a, of a, of a ladies man. Uh, he, he, you know, I'm trying to think, um, he's, he's a big fan of the lady in, uh, the solitary cyclist. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, Mary Sutherland, even though they criticize her, she's quite dull. Um, yes. he likes hair a lot. And, uh, oh, there's another one I'm trying to think of. I was, I was going to say, it's, it's actually, you're right, it's pretty much everyone, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's if, if, quite if, gaga about, uh, uh, about Alice in this book. He's just, he just, he just he's, his, his jaw is, you know, smacks the ground when he, when he sees yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is hilarious. It's, yeah. It's just, yeah, classic Watson. <laughs> and, of course, Holmes is the complete opposite, which, which makes it really, really much better. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's I, I like the, the, the Watson scene simply because... Um, it references the fact that they got married because of Holmes, and maybe that's the reason why she doesn't mind him running off with a gun in the middle of the night into the East End occasionally. Yes. You know, that, 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 that sort of thing. Um, and but, she seems um, to understand, like, Watson's need for it, like his psychosis. Yeah. To need this sort of adventure. Being a doctor is great, but he needs this sort of stuff to, 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 keep, him, to keep him going. Yeah, uh, which I which I find it's it's interesting. She clearly gets that, which is why she's like, "No, you need to go because you you look miserable." Uh, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe she just wants him out the house. It could be that. Well. <laughs> yeah. There could be a out. bit. It could be a bit of that. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because um uh they do it again for the man with the twisted lip. Um, mm. th- th- there's another sort of um uh, is he in Queen Anne Street? I think he's in. Um. And, and they bring him back to this. But anyway, he, he's in the country. And um, mm-hmm. I ha- I have a friend called Beth in America. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to tell her that I'm mentioning on this. And we argue about this constantly. Um, in the book, The Bosco Valley Mystery, yes. Sidney Paget has lots of drawings, uh, which basically just, that's Sherlock Holmes, as far as I'm concerned. And that's what he looks like. Yes. And the famous one from this one is him sitting on the train with Watson. And they're discussing, I imagine they're discussing the... Um, the inquest yes. into the death of Charles McCarthy, and he's wearing a deer stalker. Yes, because he's going to the country and he wants to fit in. And as as Lestrade, as Lestrade is wearing some rather fetching leather leggings because he wants to fit in. Yes. Um, from then on, everyone seems to think that Sherlock wears a deer stalker, including the Jeremy Brett stories as well. That yep. happens because I, I just saw one the other day when he, he's wearing a deer stalker for absolutely no reason. <laughs> you know more about this than I do. Does he just wear it in this story? And it's just one of those like Jack the Ripper in the top hat, which of course couldn't that didn't happen either. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um, I th- I think it's just this story. I think there's I think there's only one there's only one reference to the to the deer stalker, and I, I believe it is this one reference. It, mu- it must just be because of that draw the drawing, isn't it? It must mm. just be that. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I, I would have to do a quick. I'd have to quick, quick search. But I'm, I'm. I do think that it is just the drawing that that. Um, if memory serves, it's just that that kind of ignited this this weird thing, and it, it was not even so much this drawing, but when the film started to come out, um, that 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 stuff started to 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 go a little bit 
a little bit further um, and cement that sort of Basil Rathbone kind of look with always yeah. the Deerstalker. Um, so it was more sort of uh, early cinema uh, that uh, that did that. I should point out that my friend Beth for Christmas, as if to make a point, bought me a Deerstalker for Christmas. Brilliant. Brilliant. Which is, which I, every Sherlock Holmes fan needs a Deerstalker. Yeah, I think it's only fair. Uh, and a pipe, obviously. Yes. Oh, I got um, a rack of pipes. <laughs> <laughs> I should hope so. I should hope so. It, it's only for so. So they go to that. They're in um, the the what when they're on the train mm. again because I think this is a first as well. Uh, obviously, with most of the stories, it ends with a, a flashback to as the you know the murderer discuss or you know whoever's innocent or whatever it is discussing yeah. exactly why why they've arrived at this point in the story. And this case is no difference, obviously, where, where John Turner at the end um, mm. sits down and, and, and they have to write out a statement as to why, what's happened, and, you know, yeah. um, uh, the murder of Charles McCarthy. But this is one of the, I don't know if it happens any other time. This is a, re- a really rare one where they actually talk about, they report an incident word for word where Holmes and Watson aren't present in flashback. So the inquest is actually almost like a newspaper report. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, I, I thought that it is a, it is a paper they're reading. He's reading yeah. it in the paper. The, the whole inquest is, is in, is in the newspaper. Correct. That's yeah. fine. That's my yeah. 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 I don't think they do that at any other time. I, and it's a perfectly no, reasonable literary device to do that. Mm. But it's, 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 a, it's I don't think he, 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 they leap back to that sort of style and it, it works. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. If this, if this, oh, sorry, it has been televised, obviously, uh, or dramatized it would be it, this would appear just after a spinning newspaper had been on the screen yes um, and, and you know read that way or through a sepia tinted you know screen <laughs> or something like that to go back but it's, it's a really interesting way of, of exposition i think more than anything else yeah in, too. it's better than you know he said she said mm-hmm. it's literally just sort of right we're gonna we're gonna leave these two alone for a minute here are the facts so you know them for when they arrive yes yeah. Yeah. I think that was I, I really liked I thought it was really clever as I as I re said, so I reread the story um, before you know, joining you on this. And I thought that was a, a very clever way. And it's something that as I try and think about other crime, you know, books and old Victorian crimes that I've read, I don't really recall seeing anywhere else anyway. I, it, it's a it does seem very, a very unique way of 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 quickly getting the audience caught up on stuff. And I suppose Doyle's probably sitting there thinking this is a short story, so he can't yeah. really go into a, a ton of s- backstory. So it's a very uh, kind of lean way of, of dumping exposition and, and, and characterization um, with, you know, for uh, McCarthy Jr. Um, to, you know, so, so we kind of know what he's about, that he's hiding something and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's a very clever, a very clever trick that I'm surprised I haven't seen more often um, as I kind of retrospectively think about it. It just it just works so well because yeah. I mean, again on TV, what they would obviously just film the scene and yeah. then they go they go to Holmes and Watson waiting. Well, Holmes waiting on the platform, tapping his heels whatever he does because uh, he, he doesn't. <laughs> he always thinks Watson's going to be late. Um, <laughs> because he's not quite as efficient as, uh, as as Holmes is but I, th- I think it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting device and another thing which comes out when they finally meet Lestrade um, I, I love the fact that almost immediately Holmes treats Lestrade like he's an idiot yes straight away and it's helped by the fact that Lestrade Lestrade or whatever is an idiot yeah. <laughs> yes almost immediately I don't know what you're doing here thanks for coming down um, I've got the man. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely um, um, uh, McCarthy, and uh, yeah. Now there's a <laughs> the, the comedian over here, David Mitchell, always talks about um, uh, Poirot. I think mm. it's Poirot, where he says there, there's a oh no more sorry, oh, I think it's more so that there's a character who helps one of those detectives. I can't which one it is now. Who every single episode says, "I think you've got the wrong man. You're going the wrong way. Why are we going back and looking at this again?" You're wrong. <laughs> Why have we got that? And he must have something like 175 straight successes. <laughs> At that point, does he think, do you know what? He might be right. He was right about that, um, you know, that, that, that cab driver 
and the poisoning thing. He was right about that. And yet Lestrade never, ever learns. I know this is an early story. Mm. Um, and I know that is obviously in there for humour as much as yes. anything else. Yes. But um, I love the fact that uh, uh, I think he also at some point he refers to Lestrade as one of the brightest of the Scotland Yarders. <laughs> all, he, all he ever does is abuse him. Yes. Uh, you know what? I don't um, I don't think it's Lestrade that he that he says that about. I think it's I think oh, it's, it's... Mr. Uh, I know he really likes Gregson. I know he likes it. It is Greg, Toby Gregson. He really likes Gregson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Because he says it's studying Scarlet, doesn't he? He's one of the because when he explains to Watson why the police come occasionally. Yes. Gregson's uh, there, there, one of the brightest. There are moments later on where he is kinder to Lestrade. Um, I call I say Lestrade. He is kinder. Let's but... go with Lestrade then. I'm going to stick yeah. with you for this one. And uh, and uh, and and also in return, Lestrade kind of, you know has a sort of affection for for Holmes as well and and uh yeah so it it kind of grows their their relationship clearly grows but it grows off screen so to speak i uh, and from my kind of understanding of it and i suppose it's also it's it's highlighting the fact that there is um well well the, the big maxim in this one obviously is where he says something like the um uh it's the simplest things which are the more complicated yes and, uh, and and Watson says that you know that that surely that doesn't work. You've said that way, but he's absolutely right. And he's saying yeah. when he when he says McCarthy, everything points to him. He says yeah, but if you shift your point of view, you'll see that actually yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. Even complimenting at one point when he says that um, he decides uh, McCarthy doesn't deny it at all. Well, he denies it, but he, you know he doesn't go into elaborate reasons why he's innocent. He just keeps yes. just keeps to his story. And and, um, and Holmes says you know it's it's things like that that tell me that he's innocent. Mm. It, but I, I really thought that that bit was interesting because he, he says the way he views McCarthy, he's like, he calls me, he's a man with a healthy mind. Um, yeah. Which I was like, oh, that, that's such a fascinating way of describing him. Uh, you know, he clearly knows that he's someone who's in a very compromised situation. So he's like, yeah, I was, I was expecting this, but and I have no idea how I'm going to get out of it because I know that all signs point to me, but I didn't do it. And he's just going to have to, he's just kind of taking it on the chin because he knows if he tries to elaborately come up with some sort of, you know, excuse or whatnot, it's, it's just not yeah. going to work for him. It's going to make it even worse. Um, yeah. I thought that was, that was a very interesting way for him to, for him to put that because then they go on and there's a bit of interesting social commentary because then, uh, then Watson um, says many, uh, many have been hanged, um, you know, for for less. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then Holmes returns and he's like, well, and many have been, you know, wrongfully hung. And you don't find you don't find a a ton of social commentary, I think, in some of the old Victorian fiction um, beyond kind of a, a bit of a line. Uh, crime fiction uh, but this uh, that that really there's a couple of lines in in this story that stuck out to me as quite heavy hitting and that was that to me is one of them um where it's like even then we know that where there are some people who are being hung that should not have been hung and that's 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 a, that's a deep thing to kind of pepper into this story i think and i'm not sure how often that kind of gets recognized. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely social comments. He's definitely saying this is wrong. The way we do things in this country is wrong. Mm. Um, and obviously because at the end also he lets the murderer go. Um, yeah, so I got, because, some, I got some thoughts on that. But we'll, get to no, that. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs> We're going to save that. There's also um, the treatment of Alice Turner. Um, yes. Whereas because of the time and the age and what have you, it would be very simple for Conan Doyle to just paint her, to be honest, like one of Watson's women. You know, sure. very, very nice and everything, and but very, very pretty, bonnet wearing, that sort of thing, and um, mm. and just keep her sort of cries uncontrollably at the least thing, and you know, faints occasionally, you know, that sort of thing. But, but he mm. makes, he, he, I like the fact that she goes straight home. So the first thing you got to learn before you know anything at all is be aware this man is innocent. Yeah, and Holmes is really affected by that. I think. Mm. Well, yeah, he he is. I think he's he's. I mean, Holmes is already looking at the information prior to this case, 
um, and is like, I don't think this is what it what it seems to be. Um, and 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 I, you know, there was that inclined to to believe uh, to believe Alice. But I also think Conan Doyle was really good about um, about writing progressive women. Uh, it doesn't again, it, it gets talked about a little bit, but you know, I mean, I've you know, Mary was quite self-sufficient in, in her own way and in, in uh in a sign of uh sign of four but irene adler is also pretty mm. pretty darn strong in and of herself um and then you have um is it violet hunter uh and yeah. uh, you know right there and then um and then what's the what's the lady in the um uh, the copper beaches i knew you were gonna ask me that damn it <laughs> i can't remember her name. it might be i think it might be another violet uh i think there's it might a couple be, yeah. of violets and I get them confused all the time. But the Copper yeah. Beaches and also the Solitary Cyclist. You have yep. there's a there's a bunch in the short stories where where Doyle's writing, uh, you know, young beautiful women characters who are really doing everything on their own. Holmes is kind of there in the background, willing to tie the loose ends up, but they are kind of the ones in the in the most in the most danger, um, and and kind of solving the case before Holmes solves the case. I can think of two more, actually. There's Helen Stoner. Um, yes. Not just simply because, because of who the doctor is, um, you know, but she goes anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, Mrs. Ha- Miss Harrison, who um, in the Naval Treaty. Yep. Um, who detects, takes the letter to Watson for Percy Phelps. Yes. And, and Holmes says straight away, she's a very strong and formidable woman. I wouldn't argue with her. That's pretty yeah. much what he says. Mm. So, so, so I like the fact that it's come, even though they're sort of, they're very similar in the sort of, you know, they all have to be devastatingly attractive. Yes. Because uh, they have to be yes. for this reason, which I imagine is just, that is generally a Victorian thing. Otherwise, it, you know, it'd be less interesting. Or to it's just others. Watson's taste in women. They might not necessarily be attracted to, say, everyone, but Watson just... I, well, I, took a, I don't think he has a certain taste. I think he fancies everyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've no idea how he gets back to his surgery of a night. <laughs> Just by the sheer amount of people he, you know, he absolutely right. is besotted with immediately. <laughs> so, so, yes. so I think that's quite interesting. Let, let, let's talk about the uh, about the inquest then, because. Um, mm. We we love the fact that the exposition the exposition is being used. There is just so I just want to talk about this one line because um, I went for a walk tonight before we did the podcast um, mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of um, and I listened to the audio book just nice. if there's anything I've missed and there was something I've missed and I think it's a really interesting thing. Obviously, there's the cooey greeting, mm-hmm. which um, uh, we're told that. Um, uh, I keep getting his name wrong, McCarthy. <laughs> I, keep, yeah. I was going to mention this before, Luke. For some reason, I said, and John, I can't. I always get McCarthy and Turner mixed up. So if I've killed the wrong man tonight, I do apologise because <laughs> uh, that is going to happen. Um, which McCarthy always has um, with his son, mm-hmm. and of course that doesn't look good for the police when he says, "Oh yeah, he called him by the special screen, which only those two know." Yes. And we learn later on, of course, it's an Australian bush cry, and therefore yeah. he must say it to another Australian or somebody who's been in Australia. Um, and I miss this this great line where it says um, he called Cooey, and then his son turned up, and it, it's literally one throwaway line. He says, "And McCarthy Senior looked surprised when he saw his son." Mm-hmm. And it's one of those great lines where it's so important to the plot. Yes. And the first thing Conan Doyle does is absolutely bury it. Yes. It's like, I'm just going to give you that big, massive clue there, but you, it's too early for you to know that's a clue. Yes. But at a second reading, you'll think, oh, that's why he looks surprised. Because he thought it was going to be Turner. Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, that's a really good, um, that's a really good example of, of just kind of burying that. Because when you're reading through it, you're just kind of zooming past that. Um, well, because I must have read the story he... at least 200 times and I've never noticed that till tonight. Yeah, well, because you could be like, <laughs> you could be thinking, is he... You know, is he surprised because the sun's turned up and the sun's like coming for blood with a gun? You know? Yeah. Or, or is there something else that he's caught his dad doing, and that's why he's, you know, there's, and he's not saying what he's caught his dad doing, and that's why there's a surprise, or you know what I mean? There, there's, there are other options, um, and still make it look very much that it's it's the son is that that is the murder, but it's a, it's a very good like, clue. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like it's, it's giving the reader all the information themselves to put put the pieces together. But it's um, not enough yet. But no, no. 
yeah, and, and even the uh, uh, the mention of the rat and the, uh, the 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 grey object moving across the ground. Yes, which obviously yeah. is, is put there for Conan Doyle to basically say that you know because we we know we know young uh, young Turner's not the brightest lad. Yeah, young McCarthy. And I told you I'd do it. So yes, yeah. um, young McCarthy yeah. isn't the brightest lad. Although I love that poem says, but although he's comely to look at because apparently that's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just making him look quite insane which again Holmes sees as a good thing because if he if he did do it he wouldn't say things I think I saw a giant rat move across yes. the ground which is which is you know that's that's the inference there isn't it yeah yeah it, it's a really it's a really interesting um way of teasing the story out that, that's why I said, I said at the beginning this, this, this for me is a it's, it's the first really complete story. Because he's not just doing everything's tied up at the end, and you know there's an unusual ending, as in you know he, he lets um, he lets Turner go, John yeah. Turner go, Black Jack go. Um, it's the little things he puts in. It's it's all, almost meta in, in a way of sort of there's a little sort of layering going on yeah. underneath. And I say what I love about it is I can't I can't count how many times I've read this story and, and all of them, but mm. that that really made me almost stop when I was walking tonight and think oh. <laughs> it was that subtle that I haven't seen it in the last 25 years <laughs> which, which is it's a sign of a good writer and, and that's what's so that's one of the great things about Conan Doyle's is you can keep going back to these Sherlock Holmes stories and there's just there's always something new to take from it yeah um, they never these, these stories never get old and that's that's just that's just good writing <laughs> in my opinion yeah oh, I'm a big 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 fan of it big fan of it um so what happens basically next in the story? I don't really like to talk about the story in a sort of linear way because I've pretty much mm. given away the ending already. Um, so we, we might as well go to the ending. Um, we find out obviously that um, it's it's another. It, this is the first story with a murder in it, but it's another blackmail story. Um, yes. Which, which, which well, we've had one already. Do, um, you, do we mean in the short stories, right? Yeah. Not, so yeah, okay. the short stories. Yeah. Of yeah. course, yeah. Um, like, which is. <laughs> Which, so at this point, it looks like he's more interested. So basically, there's been four stories. So the first one's about blackmail. Yeah. Uh, Red-headed league is uh, about a uh, about a bank robbery. Bank robbery. Um, yeah. And the third one is just a clever problem with no actual crime. This one does actually have a crime and a proper murder and yeah. blackmail again, as well. Um, and there's a little. I just want to talk briefly about homes and religion. Okay. Because he is religious. Because he mentions yeah. um, in uh, which is the story where he goes um, with Victor Trevor in it, the Glorious Scott, the Glorious Scott. Yes. When, he, when he's at, when, he, when he's at Cambridge, and he mentions that he's go, he goes to chapel. Yes. Morning, well, like, go on. And he also says uh, he, 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 he says it's Baxter's line of um, I always think you know there, but for the grace of God, go Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Um, and. He he lets um, Turner go. Yes. Turner? Yes. He lets Turner go, and he says because he will have to ha- answer to a higher power at some point. Yeah. That's but that's pretty much what she's implied. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that, but there's also another line. I oh, I wish I could remember the story, but um, uh, Holmes and Holmes and Watson have a conversation about uh, basically uh, beauty and and the ability to to taste and enjoy tastes and things like that, and he. Holmes basically calls that some sort of extra, and 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 essentially is it's pointless. So why why do we have it? Why do we have, why That's do we have right, sensory yeah. pleasure unless it's given to us from something greater and good and some greater goodness? It's he's he's he has some sort of religious bend. I, I think that's that's clear. Um, uh, th- though I, many people would prefer him to not have one. Yeah, um, it, it's unfo- it, it, it's it's there in the in the stories, um, and it makes him more interesting. I think. Yeah, I think it does. Um, because he is so cold and calculating, but then there is this sort of other other aspect to to Holmes's personality that's like, oh, he actually can, you know, have some sort of higher under- uh, be interested in some sort of other higher presence out there. Um, you know, sort of a. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating. Yeah. And nature as well. He, he's, he's very keen on nature because there's mm. the, the scene in, is it the Naval Treaty, where he talks about um, the highest provenance of man belongs with the flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he picks the, and he picks the rose. Yeah. Um, I think that's the Naval Treaty. And um, 
again, not nothing to do with the story. You could cut that. You could cut that whole section, and it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference. Yeah. But it just yeah. adds, and, and that's quite a late story. So you know, we don't need to. It's not done for characterization or anything. Mm-mm. It's done just because he just wants to add it for colour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. a really interesting thing he does for it. And of course, we're, we're get, without knocking out spoilers all over the place here, um, it's mm. not the first time he lets the villain go. There's there's one coming no. up with the blue carbuncle, and there is the Abbey Grange mm-hmm. as well, where where he thinks that you know a murder's being committed, but for a pretty decent cause. Yeah, um, and it's it's an ironic thing in this story that the innocent man is the guilty man because. All McCarthy's done really mm-hmm. um, is being hit on the head by, by <laughs> Blackjack and Blackjack of Ballarat. Yes, um, it's just that he obviously just ruined his life afterwards. And part yeah. of me just think, well, fair enough. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's got every right to uh, to not take that too well when he bumps into um, when he bumps into John Turner again. Yeah, he's got, he's got every right. This happens again in. Um, um, I'm sorry, I'm used to some remembering stories today. It's glorious Scott where Hudson comes back to Butler and he, he was, he's been, uh, he, when he's on the glorious Scott, I think it was the glorious Scott. Yeah. And uh, he comes that. back, which is a very similar thing. And he, and he, and he, uh, he blackmails Victor Trevor's dad, who's uh, yes. just a sort of piece. So the, again, um, Conan's all doesn't mind going back to the odd plot occasionally. <laughs> it's sort of recycling it. But um, I, th- I think, yeah, he's, he, it's, it's, it's that sort of, there's a higher power involved or there's a higher level of justice which doesn't stop at the courts no yeah it's fast it is fascinating to me um and something was that i was kind of because i'm i'm i uh, are, we, are we are we really going into the ending we're really gonna yeah 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 okay. so what was fascinating to me is and, I, and i'm kind of torn with with the with what he what he does with turner um because it's almost like he has pity on Turner because he's dying of diabetes. He's dying anyway, yeah. So he's thinking he's going to die, and that's going to be where his real judgment is, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, well, there's no point in making him go through prison, you know, trial prison, when he's probably not going to make it very far anyway into that process. Um but at the same time, I sort of had this weird sense of, of um, kind of pity for McCarthy Sr. Because I'm like, well, you know, you you were raw, you were you were you know held up by by Turner and yeah. and, and you know did he you know that that can have a serious that can have a serious psychological impact on a person. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it and, can. And possibly that did. In part, and um, so I'm kind of thinking, well, his blackmail is, is, is it justified? Probably not. But is it understandable? Kind of. Um, well, also, when, when they meet, um, they, they meet in, I think he's in, says Oxford Street. He, he says, yeah. I saw him and he, he didn't have a, a coat for his back or a, or a boot for his toe. Yeah. And he's got a yeah. child. Yeah. Um, so he's, Fallen on hard times some way yeah. or another, ended up in London and fallen on hard times and sees this guy who has, you know, somehow ruined his life. And he's kind yeah. of thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin your life right back um, and take everything you have because you've somehow taken everything he has in some sort of in some sort of way, uh, maybe psychologically. And then maybe that resulted in, in, the, in the physical. But um I I kind of struggled a little bit this reading through this and thinking, you know, Turner is actually because Conan Doyle spends a lot of time trying to justify Turner. He's yeah. like, oh, he's like, I've been martyred this whole. I'm like, dude, you've you've been sitting in a wealthy <laughs> house, exactly. rich as heck, and letting someone live free on your property because you're so wealthy. So, what what do you mean you've been a martyr? You've not exactly you've not, exactly. You sound like a millennial, yeah. you know, like, what have you been martyred? You haven't been martyred. Um, but this man's living free. Yeah, but you're the richest man in the entire area. Exactly. So, so you're not martyred. You haven't been martyred. You've actually gotten away scot-free. Forever. Obviously, he's worried, he's worried about Alice finding out, obviously, that um, yes. the, the, the man he was. Yes. But I'm fairly sure that's not in his mind every single hour of every single day. It can't be. It wouldn't it, be. 
it, it seems to me it's more like a sort of I'd feel a lot happier if he wasn't here because yes. I did break the law repeatedly. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, and, and the other man didn't. Man. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's fascinating. It's, and also, as I was reading through it and, and Turner is re- recounting his days, there is that sort of ro- romanticization of his of his uh, highway robbery days. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really seem to be truly remorseful um he's just sort of like yeah i did this stuff when i was young and uh you know got a lot of money and then settled down and lived normal you know non but my wife and my daughter made me a better man yeah so there's that yeah it's like well okay you know was it your daughter or was it all the money and the safety that you had (laughs) but you know it's 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 interesting um it, it it definitely you know, raises, I don't know, it, just, it, it raises some questions of, of what, you know, who, who is the real bad guy in this story? Um, and why did Holmes let him go? And I think, I really think if this man hadn't been dying from diabetes, um, then Holmes absolutely would have thrown him to the, to the, to the courts. Well, well, also, I mean, this is probably a Watson argument rather than a Holmes one. I mm. think if Turner hadn't been quite so polite <laughs> I honestly think it comes to that because McCarthy's a swine. He's a devil, as, they, as, as he, he's called in this. Yeah. Um, he's not a nice man. He, he's a wrong man, but he's 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 obviously completely obnoxious. Yeah. And uh, a repulsive human being, even yeah. if he has been wronged. I think yeah. if those situations were reversed, I, th- I think he 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 he'd be on the gallows within the month. <laughs> I really yeah. do. Just because. Yeah. I, th- I think I think that's a part of it. And obviously, there's a th- their daughters are clearly lovely, so there's yeah. that as well. Um, yeah. And I do like the fact that you know, um, uh, although it's it's not said that um, Alison and the son get married, um, they live in ignorance of what their fathers had done. Yeah, you yeah. know, which is which is quite a nice thing thing as well. I've got another question about this as well because there's an, yeah. again another sentence which 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 really came out at me. Um, he says. Um, the final stage, obviously, is is because he he wanted Alice and he wanted you know them to be married and therefore his son to have full control of the state after they both die. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I had nothing against the boy, but I couldn't have uh, a man of his blood mm. running running my property." Mm-hmm. Where's the logic in that? Well, I don't understand that at all because because, is... because father and son are completely different men. It's the what's well, the concept of 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 it's it's hereditary. Is, yeah, is yeah, the, yeah, but, but he's not a bad man. Say again? He's not a bad man, though. Um, um, uh, McCarthy Jr. is not a bad human being. He's a ni- As he says, he's a nice fellow. I've got nothing against him, but I'm not letting him, I'm not giving him... But isn't it at the same time, I'm not going to make my... saying I'm not going to make my daughter happy when there's clearly affection between them? Yeah, well, it's the... It's it's a mixture of that. It's, it's a mixture of the... Of that is that... that you don't want that. You don't want that blood mixing with your. It's tribalism mixed with the, yeah. the hereditariness of of of, yeah. of you know vil, villainry and 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 whatnot. He doesn't want you know. It, it's it's a it's a very it's. A, I thought I read that too, and I was like, wow, that's really intense. Um, and just a bit petty. <laughs> and, <laughs> and very petty and. But, but but very very Victorian. Yeah. Um, actually, because also with that as well, there was that there's that line where uh, early on, where they're kind of describing the situation, and they say that you know McCarthy has lived rent free. Yeah. Um, and as a tenant, um, was equal to Turner. Yeah. Um, he, he also says he gave him houses, plural. Mm. I don't know if that just means a succession of different properties rather than, you know, some sort of monopoly board situation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's a good question. I'm not sure, um, but I but then I thought that was a really nice nice little kind of commentary as well because like okay, so he's a tenant, so in as a social status, McCarthy should be lower, but yeah. for some reason, as a tenant, he is equally footed with. Uh, with the the landlord and that's sort of socially bizarre uh for that period i suppose maybe could be the same for the same for for now yeah. as well. 
certain yeah. situations. But uh, I, I thought that was a really kind of interesting thing to just to, to point out. Like, we kind of get it, but he makes a point of, of ex- really making that clear that this is strange. Um, yeah. Because this isn't, this isn't normal in society. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought that was a, I thought that was a cool little, but it's also a very, uh, a, a screaming clue as well as a social commentary. Because yeah. Like, okay. So wait a minute. Why are they, you know, are they, are they, is it that because of the nature of their friendship or is it more? And it obviously is, goes down to the blackmail situation. Yeah. I think it says early on in the episode when they're doing the exposition scene where it says it, it was something like it was perfectly natural for two men of, you know, uh, who, who both been in Australia to, to, to live close together. Mm. Um, yeah. It sounds, it sounds a perfectly benign relationship until you actually know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also wonder as well, I mean, I, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going I'm to skip to a couple of di- moments in the yeah, story absolutely. that really stuck out to me. One, there's, there's these two moments that are kind of connected. Um, and, and then there's a third moment that I thought felt, I wondered how meta it was. And you can tell me if it was as meta as what I'm making it out to be. Um, but I liked at the beginning when Holmes is at the train station and he's in his gray cloak and Watson's like, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's tall, tall, gaunt frame. And then his clothes yeah. make him look even taller. And he almost, it, it, it's, it's interesting that he, he puts Holmes into this sort of, at first, my first thought was kind of like a, a, a godlike giant kind of figure, but then it, then it kind of changed in my mind. He's, he's almost turned Holmes into into a into a merlin into a wizard yeah um, in this, yeah i thought which, that which i think then gets kind of picked up again when he's when holmes is uh, on the hunt and yeah. he's sort of it's almost like he is you know drawing his magic to to work out the solution of, of what's happened when they're you know looking at, uh, at the at the boscom pool and all that sort of stuff um I, I found that really interesting. I was really getting this sort of magician-like vibe from from Doyle's writing that I don't really think I've ever had before. But this time reading it, that was what was really standing out to me. Well, they really go to town on the deductions, don't they? Early on, they go through the um, Watson shaving <laughs> habits and yeah. things like that. I love all that. I really do. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, I agree with that completely. There's a lot of, um, and I think that's where Lestrade's there for as well. Because mm-hmm. um, it's sort of like everything, everything, everything points to the boy being the murderer. Yeah. Yes, but I'm magical. You're not, and therefore I'm going to prove that black is white. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to do it brilliantly. Yes, and he and he does. Um, but then the third thing that I thought was a little bit meta was there's that moment where Watson is reading um, a yellowback, which is a yes. which is a yeah, little. I, I... Little trashy book for people who don't I'm know. I'm so like pleased you said this, Luke. I thought the same thing. <laughs> so he's reading this and he's like, Oh, this this plot is terrible. It's, it's puny, so I think he says, and he flashes yeah. it across the room. Chucks the book across the room. But then then I but here's what was happening in my head. I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, because you know, Doyle's whole thing was he wanted to write good detective fiction, although yeah. he himself didn't like or care much for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And then I remembered uh, a couple of years ago, um, I think it was W.H. Smith did uh, f- uh, facsimiles of yellowbacks of, of yes. Conan Doyle's work. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, it'd be later than that. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh. I was like, so he's also his work is also yellowback, and Watson is reading a yellowback, and he's throwing the book across the room because he's saying yellow. He's, He's kind of saying yellowback is trash in general. I was, I was yeah. going to say, so just to explain that to any listeners who don't, who don't know what that is, um, a yellowback is basically Pulp Fiction, isn't there? It's, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's trashy sort of <laughs> half-written, um, being paid by the pound words, <laughs> being, being paid by the pound of ink rather than actual inequality um, that's going on. Yes. Um, boy meets girl, you know, that sort of sort of thing and yeah. I, I love the line where he basically says I, I, the reason he puts it down is because his own story is more interesting the more mysteries he's, he's examining which of course is Conan Doyle saying basically I'm the better writer here yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and I, I, I love when Sir Arthur basically just jumps into the story and waves at everyone <laughs> <laughs> this is good isn't it everyone yes. am I better than the usual rubbish you've got to read <laughs> Yes, yes, that, yes, that's the one that I have. 
Yes. That that is that is absolutely fantastic. Um, we're, we're going to come to the end. Um, one thing I will say is, if you uh, please come back uh, to do another yeah. show with us. But yeah. I ask every guest this because we're doing a, we've done a good episode. We've done a good story. Um, will you come back for a bad one? And absolutely. If, and if so, what would the bad one be? Is that vampire one? Yay! I've got you for the Sussex Vampire. Excellent. <laughs> That's fantastic. The reason I say this because um, uh, John, our producer, has a friend uh, who I'm, I'm going to bring on for a story soon. And um, she said that she'd really like to come on and do the Mass Randstone because she loves it. And I can't stand the Mass Randstone. <laughs> so yeah. I think that, that, might, that might be a... a, a that, that and the three Garadebs. Yeah, that's those, those two, neither one of those really... And the three Gables, actually, as well. Yeah. yeah the three uh, the three Gables. That one's, that's the one with the girl locked in the house, isn't it? Uh, the three oh, no, Gables. The three. It's, it's, no, the three Gables is where the son dies and... Um, Yes, sorry. And um, the, the woman tries to buy the house and everything in it. Yeah, that one. Yeah, for some reason the three, the the the, the three gables and the the copper beaches, because that's the co- the copper beaches with the one and the girl in the yeah. tower, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But for some reason those two always get mixed up in my head. I I have no real explanation as to why. Um, but yeah, um, those those are not. I, I'm actually I do something very similar actually with with the. Uh... The crooked, the crooked man and the creeping man. Even though they're completely different stories, it's basically the same title. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was thinking, which one? Which one's that? Okay, I know that one. Is. Oh gosh, yes. What is is which one is the one? Is is the is it the crook? Uh, is the crooked man? Is, the crooked man's the, the man who comes back from India who was to, who was tortured by the um by the thuggy tribe. Okay, yeah. What if, what's what's the one with the with the guy who has the the serum that turns him into like a an ape? That's that's the creeping man. Is that the creepy man? Okay. Professor Presbury. <laughs> That's him. I thought oh, I should have joined that society. My, my ridiculous <laughs> knowledge of, of character names and things like that in Sherlock is, has, has got me literally nowhere in life, to be honest, Luke. But, uh... Well, you, you will fit right in. <laughs> this is what I want. That's, that's what we all talk about. Anytime there's a gathering, it's, it's, it's just a, a deep dive into everyone's love for, for homes. Um, which is which is yeah, it's a heck, heck of a lot of fun. Right, I'm going to get onto this tonight. <laughs> Good. Booking, I'm going to start booking away. Uh, Luke, thank you so much for coming on to the yeah, show. Yeah, thanks I'm, for I'm, having I'm, me. I'm delighted that you're going to return. Thank um, you. Is, is there any, are you doing anything at the moment that um, people might want to buy? Um, in, ter- in terms of doing, writing? Not, not at the moment. No, I mean I have things that are out there. Um, by all means, go check out some of the old stuff that I have. Um, that I like, you know, so I have a biography on Conan Doyle and a couple pastiches out there. Um, but my main, uh, at the moment, my main focus is just, I'm working on a PhD, um, which, uh, that takes 90% of my time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hey, maybe when that's finished, there will be a, a new novel out there to, to, to then, to then flog to the, to the masses. But, uh, at the moment, just back catalog stuff if people are interested. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I urge everyone to follow you on Twitter and to be, to, to be kept up to date of what you're doing. Brilliant. And uh, thank you once more. We're going to come back with the, I think the next one is the Five Orange Pips, um, which would probably take about a four-hour show, I should think, bearing in mind what's going on there. Um, yeah. Luke, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I would like to thank our hosts at RipperCast, as well as producers Jonathan Mengus and John Reese. A special thank you too to Andrew Firth, who created both the graphics and the theme music. You can contact us on Twitter at Adler to Amberley. Thank you for listening.